Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coobapedi, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours. See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. Yes, we're dealing with the subject of hatred from the world. And it's based on John 15, verses 18 to 27. Amazing, because the previous lesson was about love. Love one another. But sometimes what God does is he shows the other side, the ugly, vicious, fang-bearing side, so that you can appreciate the good things of God all the more. For example... When God speaks about darkness, especially in this present evil world, it helps us to become very appreciative of the light of God that is made courtesy of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We live in a world that does have pronounced hatreds. That's where war comes from, and strife, genocide, all these kind of things. Hatred leads to theft, killing, destroying That's, of course, the legacy of the great hater himself, Satan. And friends, we need to be very careful on this, because hatred is easy in an offensive, sin-riddled world. Hating people who represent something that you abhor comes naturally for the flesh. But for the born-again Christian, it is not even an option. We are not only told to love one another, but we're to love our enemies. Now, we're not talking about an erotic, romantic kind of love. We're not talking about an ooey-gooey, affectionate love. We're talking about wishing the best for people and blessing them rather than trying to destroy them. Now, there's a very simple reason why we are to live this kind of life, and that's because that's the very kind of life God lives. When we're born again, we are his adopted children like father, like son. God is so loving, so generous, so gracious that he reigns on the just and on the unjust. They all get the reign and all the benefits that come with it. We need to be like God, who is always in love, and we send that love to everyone. Obviously, not everyone's going to respond the same, and not everyone's going to respond affirmatively. But it's amazing how many people will respond affirmatively if you consistently project God's love. Remember where we hear the word hater all the time. And oftentimes the word hater 
is used by the most hateful people themselves. We must not be like this. Even hateful people need God's love. Even people who are misguided, ideologically driven, demonically inspired, whatever is the excuse, the fact is, even they are people Christ died to save. What's so wonderful is some of these have actually come to a saving faith in Christ after spending a life of hatred. Again, ask Saul of Tarsus. He knows all about it. He was a quintessential hater to the point he tried to destroy the infant Christian church. Praise God, he not only failed, but he swapped sides and became a great apostle, seeing the kingdom of God extended into all parts of Europe, or shall I say many parts of Europe, and others continued the work. Let me read to you from this section called Hatred from the World, John fifteen eighteen to 27. Let's look at verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. So Jesus is basically telling us, however he was treated, for better and for worse, his followers will be treated for better or for worse. And that these things will be done to you for his name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent Christ. What Jesus is saying is, people who claim to know God, who have a religious vocation, and are meant to represent the things of God, don't know God. If they knew God, they wouldn't be persecuting Christ or his followers. Let's now look at the entire portion of John chapter 15, verses 18 to 27. Our lesson is called Hatred from the World, from John 15, verses 18 to 27. Now, all these words are in red because they are the words of Jesus, what you're about to hear. Listen carefully. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you or love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, 
because ye have been with me from the beginning. Our passage is from John chapter 15, verses 18 to 27. And our lesson is called Hatred from the World. Well, friends, it's really hateful out there. And yet, there is a refuge from the storm. It is the presence of God, the grace of God, the love of God. And friends, not only should we pay this refuge a visit, we need to abide in it. We need to have our places, our homes, our place of employment, wherever we may be, oases or embassies of the grace, the love, the joy, the peace of the Almighty. It's gloriously possible in Christ, of course. So let's begin with verse 18 of John 15, the world's hatred. In John 15, we have been learning about Jesus Christ being the true vine, and believers are the branches. The key to bearing much fruit for God is to abide in Christ. Abiding means obedience to the word and loving one another as the command is repeated. Now, we look at the other side of the coin. As Christ and his followers walk in love, the world system and its followers are full of hatred. This is most glaringly obvious in totalitarian systems, as well as in the culture war. Though purporting to represent the best interests of the people, these autocratic systems are highly coercive, non-democratic, and seek to eliminate anyone who stands in their way or is even perceived to do so. While denouncing the other side as haters, they are actually the ones doing the hating. Such hatred intends to curse and destroy the object of hatred. Look at what happened to Jesus at the hands of the chief priests, Pharisees, and Sadducees. Their hatred to the Lord was almost limitless, and they were prepared to violate every one of the Ten Commandments in order to achieve their goal of silencing the man from Nazareth. That's why Jesus forewarns his faithful, loving, abiding followers. Don't be surprised when you find that the world hates you. After all, they hated me first, and I am the master. The question, why the world hates, and especially, why does the world hate the righteous, the people who are obeying God and his glorious gospel? This is in John fifteen nineteen. Redeemed people, especially those who were once worldly, were also loved by the world. Once they, the redeemed people, were chosen out of the world by Christ to be his servants, his ambassadors, his fellow heirs of God, the same world hated them too, just as they hated Christ. That's what happens when you switch sides in this big cosmic war. And then we learn in verse 20, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Don't ever forget the saying, the servant is not greater than his master. Those who persecute Christ will do the same to his servants. Those who keep Christ's saying will keep the church's sayings too. It's always the same. Nothing new under the sun, particularly when it involves carnality, fleshliness, sinfulness, worldliness, nothing new under the sun. Now, why do they do these things? John fifteen twenty one. 
Why does Christ and his followers face such furious opposition, especially more from the religious elite, ironically, than even from the worldly wise? The simple answer is, the reason they are so furious in their opposition is because they do not know the one who Christ sent, or was sending Christ into the world. This is, of course, God the Father. Now, they claim to know God, but the fact is, they are clueless. They don't know him at all. If they really knew God, as they claim, they would have behaved righteously. Yet, instead of doing God's bidding, they are beholden to man-made traditions and interpretations, which take precedent over God himself. They that do not know God are in danger of doing the devil's bidding, whether they realize it or not. And in many cases, they don't. No cloak for their sin. John fifteen twenty two. Christ, the light of the world, shines on the just and on the unjust. But to the unjust, their evil deeds are exposed, and yet they still don't repent. Because, well, after all, it's not their fault they do what they do. It's always somebody else's fault. It's called deflecting and duck shoving, and basically an immature failure to take responsibility for one's own actions. When evil deeds are exposed by the light of God, people that are exposed either will repent in sackcloth and ashes, or they'll become more hostile and adversarial to the things of God. Had Christ not appeared, their sin would have remained hidden. Now, the light of the world has come, and there's nowhere to hide their sin. It's pretty obvious for the entire world to see. So, what do the haters do, and who do the haters hate? Well, apparently, at the end of it all, they hate God himself. John fifteen twenty three, Linking himself inseparably to God the Father, Jesus Christ says that those who hate him also hate God. How could it be otherwise, particularly since Christ and the Father are one, and the Father sent Christ to the world to atone for the sins? And then... The works of Jesus, John fifteen twenty four. he goes on to explain that the works, which can mean his miracles, as well as his everyday work, or even his discourses, his teachings that he's giving, including here in John 15, that the works that he does among ancient Israel testify of him. Those who believe in the light of the testimony of the works shall be saved. Those who refuse to believe are condemned. Now, if you've been following this series, surely it must have been a head-scratcher how there were people standing there at the grave of Lazarus, seeing him come out of the tomb after being dead for four days, very much alive. And yet, some of them who witnessed this resuscitation of Lazarus, they still refused to believe in Jesus. Unbelievable, but that's exactly what happened. So, Now, these works of the power of God are manifest, they refuse to believe, and their refusal to believe actually condemns them. So, yet amazing in their blindness and rebellion, unbelief reveals the hatred against the Son and against the Father also. Hatred without a cause. Verse 25, yes, even the rational and demonic hatred of Christ had a higher purpose. What could that be? Well, the hatred against Christ fulfilled biblical prophecy. 
You can read it in Psalm 35.19 and Psalm 69.4. These things came to pass, which said, They hated me without a cause. How can anyone hate a being so full of love, mercy, holiness, and righteousness? Without a cause is also used in Psalm 109, verse 3, 119, 78, 119, 161, and also in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 22. All of these which want those who are angry at their brother without a cause are in danger of judgment and hellfire. It's dangerous to be hating without a cause. It's dangerous basically to do anything without a cause. There has to be a reason through it all. And of course, the wisest thing one can do is surrender to the Master himself through the gospel of Christ. Now there's the promise of the coming comforter. John fifteen twenty six. Considering the darkness and evil of worldly hatred, comes the bright light of the promise of the coming Comforter, who is also known as the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Truth. He is the third person in the Godhead. And that's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Second Corinthians 13, 14, and I think it's even First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He is coming, the Holy Spirit. He will be dispatched from the Father and proceeds from the Father He shall testify of Christ. Now, there has been a big debate in church history whether the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father alone, which is what the Eastern churches believe, or that he proceeds from the Father and the Son, which is what the Western churches believed. This is called the Philoque, Philoque, and resulted in the great schism of 1054 AD between Rome and Constantinople. The Bishop of Rome excommunicated the Bishop of Constantinople and vice versa. This excommunication was reversed only in 1965. Though this verse only mentions the Father sending the Spirit, there is a great case of saying it was the Father and the Son, both, who sent the Holy Spirit to earth. Jesus, as often the case, takes a humble position vis-a-vis the Heavenly Father, to whom he is committed to glorifying. But remember, the Spirit has come, to testify and glorify the Son of God. Final verse for this lesson, John fifteen twenty seven, Disciples as witness. Not only will the Holy Spirit witness and testify of Christ, but so will the original apostles. They were with Jesus in the flesh from the very beginning. So their testimony has great weight. Now our lesson is called Hatred from the World. And our lesson for life is this. Understanding the blindness, darkness, and hatred of the world makes the light of God shine all the more brightly. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.